0: Father God, we pray that you would be magnified in this moment. Uh, Your son, your servant, this needs your preaching unction to make much of you. So will you please do that now? Will you please remind us that uh, you you do desire to comfort us uh, in difficult times? Uh, We love you, Father, and we thank you. Please, 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 uh, please, Spirit, let let Christ be exalted in in this moment. And let his sons and daughters be be, be edified in this moment. We we ask it in your son's name again. Amen. Uh, Psalm 23, and we'll start from verse 1 and we will conclude uh, at verse 6. And it reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Uh, He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. they, They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. As mentioned before, Uh, Several times that there is a famous Baptist pastor that calls this particular psalm uh, uh, the gem of all psalms. That it is a microcosm of God's grace to his people, how, how he provides for his people. But to really understand the full and the blessed meaning of this psalm, you have to look at that this psalm, it's it's, it's written, it's penned by David, but it's about Christ himself. But it's for those who are his. Let me say it again. If you want to really get the full blessed meaning of this text... Know that first, though it's written by David who is a sheep and a shepherd, he's pointing to Christ who is also a shepherd and a sheep. But yet it's also for us who are his sheep. And David, he's going to describe how Yahweh, how the I am that I am, has cared for him all of his life. This particular psalm, exudes david's confidence in yahweh it, it it exudes how david has seen yahweh the i am that i am constantly care for him 24 hours of the day david is saying if i was if i'm if i'm again i think i'm almost in or cliff he said man that because yahweh is i am I, I, i'm all good but I have I have no need because Yahweh is who He is, and so we read that, uh, and so we read that in that in that in uh, verse one that uh, uh, He says that the Lord Yahweh the I am that I am He is, so I have all that I need. David saw the character of God, saw who God was, and said that because He is, I got. But he looked at simply the character of God and said that because he is this, I have all that I need. David looked nowhere outside of the character of God and say, I am good. And, if you gotta, and then he goes on from verses two through six. He describes what that good is. Uh, that he's going to describe how because he is, here's what God has done. As he shepherd my soul, as he's shepherding me, here's what the shepherd, here's what Yahweh has done in my life all day, every day. So verse one really sets the stage for verses two through six. So if so, if you don't believe verse one, you would not believe verse two through six. David, he goes on and says that that because he is this, I have that. Then he describes in verse two. The shepherd's provision. He's going to see how that because the shepherd is who he is, uh, he leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, he leads me in green pastures. That the shepherd is able to, that, he, that he, he, he's able to look out for my spiritual and physical needs. And because the shepherd does this, he says, I can rest. Right. Because the shepherd provides for him everything he needs, he can rest. And So verse 2, it really highlights how, how the shepherd provides rest. And in verse 3, I mentioned, I mentioned the Sunday before last. He says, not only does he provide rest, uh, but he also restores my soul. Uh, that he strengthens me. He he strengthens the deepest part of me. Uh, that, that he is so good that he that that he, he does not only make a marriage better if he does, but he goes down to the deepest part where my will and where my and where my emotions are, and he strengthens that part of me. That he's so good that he can go past what is shallow. And get to what is really needed to be strengthened. And he said, that's my soul needs to be strengthened. And so we see how, we see how, we see how, uh, uh, how, how the shepherd desires to strengthen the soul of man. And today we're going to see how this shepherd, how, how he, how he desires not only to, uh, to strengthen in verse two, but also how this shepherd, he, de- how he decides to, to lead, how he desires to provide leadership, how he desires to lead us. And in verse four, how he's also with us. Like I said before, make no mistake about it. David, though he's talking about Yahweh and what he's been for him, he's looking forward to who Christ was. That Christ Himself, He can state this psalm and also at the same time serve us as this psalm. That Yahweh can say, that Christ can say, Me being a sheep was fully dependent upon God Himself. So Christ Himself, He can state, He can quote this. This psalm entirely, it be him. But also what is the beauty of this psalm is that Christ, the good shepherd we see in John 10, 11, he also serves as this shepherd. That if you are a son and daughter of his, you can put yourself into this script and say, here is how Christ, the good shepherd himself, is serving us. Christ, Christ is 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 he is he is he is the point of this particular passage, and so today we're going to see how Christ desires to lead us and to be and how he is present with us. Uh, let's read again, verse verse three, and we can go on. Uh, I'm read verse three, but I'm, I'm going to focus on uh, part B of verse three. Uh, it says he renews or he restores my my life or my soul. Here's the point I want to get to. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. One must first observe that in biblical times, the shepherd would not drive the sheep by force. He would lead the sheep by his voice. That the shepherd in biblical times would not drive them by force. He would simply lead them by his voice. I was watching a video on YouTube and if you Google hearing the shepherd's voice, there 's a YouTube clip that literally brought me to tears in this YouTube clip. You have uh, these sheep that are grazing out in, in in the pasture and there are these visitors who are who are visiting and, 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 and so you have the shepherd that that he tells them, "Will you please call my sheep so the first person, who is a lady, no, a guy, he comes and he does this sheep call. And as he's calling the sheep, the sheep pays him no attention. They are continuing to graze the, the pasture. What well, then comes up, person two. And she does this, this call of sheep and the sheep pays her no attention. Well, this third person, he, he comes up and he sounds almost just like the shepherd. And he makes this shepherd call. And, the, and you have one sheep, looks up, and then goes back down. saying, you ain't the one I, I, I follow. But then you have the shepherd. He comes up and he makes this sheep call with this sound. And man, what you saw, what I saw in that scene—it it literally brought me to tears. Because as the sheep heard the voice of the shepherd, all their heads raised up. They all raised up, and he kept calling their name, kept calling their name, and they looked. And then all of a sudden, they went from looking to walking towards the sheep. They wouldn't follow the first three because the first three was not the wasn't wasn't the shepherd. It was the shepherd who was the shepherd that they heard his voice and they came towards him. It really helped me to understand what it says here in John 10, 26, 27. You don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep. They hear my voice and they follow me. But the sheep of the good shepherd, they hear his voice and they follow him. Amen. Amen, isn't, isn't that great news for us? Amen. That we, those who are his sheep, his sons and daughters, we hear the call of the good shepherd and we follow Him, that he wants to, and following as he lead us, the Bible says he wants to lead us along right paths. The word right, it means correct. It means well-being. It means salvation. That as the sheep hear my voice and they lead me, they come to me for. Direction. They come from, that they come to me for well being. They come to me for salvation. And when we hear God and when we hear, now, now, how do we know that we are hearing the shepherd's voice? How do we know? What is our full confidence in knowing that we hear his voice, that we know that the shepherd is speaking to us? Listen, there, there, there are two things that I'm going to mention now and later. The clear way that you know you're hearing God's voice is his word, is, his, is the Word of God. Right. But it is now the Spirit of God that brings understanding to the Word of God that also empowers you to follow the Shepherd. Right. And the Shepherd desires to lead you on incorrect paths. The Shepherd would never, never, ever lead you down a wrong path. The good shepherd would never lead you down a path that would first satisfy your own needs but would bring glory to his own name. The Bible is replete with scriptures that, the, that, that, that Yahweh, that, 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 that the good shepherd, that Christ himself, he wants to direct Every decision of our life, look at what it says to in, uh, 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 in Proverbs three, five and six, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your paths straight." Psalm 37:23 says, "A person's steps are established by the Lord. And he takes pleasure in his way. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days are written in your book, and you planned before, and you planned before a single one. Uh, it says, All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Isaiah forty eight seventeen says, This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you for your benefit, who leads you in the way you should go. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give you counsel. Psalm 48, 14 says, this God, our God, forever and ever, he will always lead us. Isaiah 50, verse 10 says, who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Why? Why? Let him lean on his God. It's not discomforting. Hearing that the God of the Bible, that the God of your salvation wants to lead you always. And listen to why. For his name's sake. God's decision to act is not based off a. Of Our character, but his character. And because God's name, his glory, his praise is on the line, he is obligated to lead us down the right path. If God does not lead you down the right path, that makes a a mockery of his name. His glory and his praise. That because his reputation is on the line, he desires to, he's obligated to lead you down the right path of life. There's never a path that he wants you to decide on yourself. He says, come to me and I will give you counsel. My eye is on you. Don't you know I've planned every day of your life before you was formed? Let me lead you, and let me let me guide you. And listen, he 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 doesn't do it because of our conduct. Again, he does it because of his character. He God is always thinking about his name, his fame, and his character first. Jesus. I'm saying again, he's always thinking about his name, his fame, and his character first and foremost. He would not lead us anywhere at any time thinking about our comforts and our desires first. His name is on the line in how he leads us. And sheep, sheep, I know that you think you're smart. But sheep are unable to be led down the right paths that led to green, the, the quiet waters and green pastures. The only one that knew the pathway of getting there was the shepherd. And there are some sheep not in here, y'all, not sheep, sheep somewhere else who but they've gotten this thing figured out. I don't need God's counsel. I don't need God's, I, I got this thing figured out. And because if you are his son and daughter, if you have, if you claim Christ to be your, your, your good shepherd, listen, sheep are dumb. I'm not saying that you are dumb, but, but you're a sheep. Amen. So you, amen. You, you figure it out. Sheep are not able to find the way. They need the shepherd to lead them down the correct path. How does he do it with his voice? And when we obey his voice, grateful obedience, because we love our shepherd and we know that he's going to lead us down the right path and path of righteousness. For his name's sake, we willingly follow, follow this good shepherd empowered by the spirit to do so the shepherd he leads us down the right and righteous path of life I said it two weeks ago the green pastures and the quiet waters the only one who can be both of those and can bless and to satisfy our souls is Jesus He is the only way. God, God, When God saved us, he didn't leave you to your own. He didn't say, now go figure it out. But when God saved you, when God made you a sheep, when God made you a son and daughter, he says, I have a perfect path for you. And the destination is a person, not a place. That as God, as we hear his voice and we follow him by the power of the spirit, he is always conforming us to the image of Jesus. So two things. He wants to lead us in life now, but also make us like Christ now. And he's the only one that can lead us on such a journey. We, 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 the good shepherd wants to lead us. And right paths and paths of righteousness for whose sake? For his sake and for his glory. Number two, the shepherd promises us to be with us. Verse four, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your riding your staff. They, 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 they comfort me. So here it is. I got this good shepherd, but he's leading me down the darkest valley. Most Bible says the shadows of death. So let me pull the cat out the bag. Let me dispel the myth and lie that when we all die, sheep that we are not called and are, or may have cause to suffer. Every sheep, every son and daughter of God is called to suffer because of sin. Sin, 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 sin. God created this world to be good and to enjoy him and to fellowship with him. But when Adam messed up, when Adam disobeyed God, uh, when Adam disobeyed God, sin came in. The world became full of, full of uh, cursing and chaos and, and suffering. But, but, but the, but the initial punishment, uh, uh, punishment was for God to, to punish Satan, even Adam. So when they sinned, the, the whole world, it became broken. It became a place of suffering. Even though I'm a sheep left in the world, because I'm in the world and sin has damaged the world, I'm left in the world that is a place of suffering. So, so so what so what God has done in Christ is He's done two things. His ultimate purpose of suffering, his, his big purpose of suffering is to redeem mankind through Christ and to renew his creation to himself. So as we trust and Christ and as we see God's kingdom advance in the world, we see that, 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 that mankind is being redeemed through Christ, but also his world is being renewed. So when we are going through life as Christians, we will go through things like thus far. Even though I go through the darkest valley. Now, the, the darkest valley is, some would say, or uh, most would say, it is death itself. It's, it's the shadow of death. So sin not only caused suffering, sin also brought death. When Adam and he, When Adam sinned, he immediately brought death to himself. Meaning what? Separation from God. So because he sins, he calls now there's this chasm, there is this gulf between him and God. So what God did, he kicked him out of, of the garden. Separation, that's death. So, so so from that point on, Adam began to die. Adam was created to live forever, but sin brought not only along suffering, but also death. And the greatest enemy. In this world, it's death, but not the physical death. For a Christian, that's just a shadow of things to come. We go through death to life. So, a Christian, we don't fear death, death is ultimately separation from God and if you are a child of God if you are a sheep that belongs to him you never have to worry about being separated from God even uh, 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 be, be because of sin because Christ Christ <laughs> Christ when he came and lived this perfect life and died this hideous death that the death of Jesus Christ was the death of death itself. (sighs) That when Jesus died and got up again from the grave, he said, death, take that. And all those who trust in me, they will always pass through death, never end at death. It's just a shadow, though it may seem dark, and gloomy, and it is. But death for a saint is just a passing through something. That's the greatest fear of man. It's dying. If you are saved, you have no fear of death. Why? In Revelation 1:17, it says this: when I Christ saw him, John, uh, uh, when I, John, saw him, Christ, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and last and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and haze in my hands. Whenever somebody, when, whenever somebody buys a car you, you look on Facebook they show keys whenever someone buys a house they show keys keys means I have possession of it okay. <laughs> God is saying the thing that you once feared I now have possession of it I have of keys to death and hate so for a saint listen to me death is just a shadow it can't damage you It doesn't end you. You pass through it to come to me and to be with me forever. And that's good news. That death is just a pass, a a passageway for us to really get to be with God. But that's not the greatest blessing in in this text. Verse 4 Even when I go through the, the darkest valley, that is there's a definite article the, 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 and that was death but now because of what Christ has done for us death is no longer, it's, it's just a shadow so your deepest your darkest and deepest moments has not, cannot touch death and if God has conquered death for us we're, we're actually, we can say that, say that Christ or death, where is your sting? where is your victory? if we can say that to death we can say it to anything else But here's why. For you are with me. The point of this entire text is this. The center, the point of the text is the center of the text. That is, you are with me. You are with me. God's personal presence is the central fact of Christianity. A.W. Tozer says this, God is waiting for us to push into our conscience the awareness of his presence. The greatest comfort of a child of God is that God, Yahweh is in us through the person of Jesus Christ when we read Matthew chapter 1 the Bible says in verse 18 that Christ meaning uh, that that Emmanuel meaning God with us that he came and he tabernacled on the earth God, God came down He, he dwelled he dwelled on the earth for, for, for some 33 years and he lived this perfect life that we have when we trust in him. But, and then he, he, he died this hideous death, conquering death and haze. Well, now he has the keys. He's now sitting at the, at the right hand of God and we are in him in Christ. And yet also he's now also in us by his spirit. That, 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 that the greatest comfort for a Christian is that God Almighty is not only with us, but he's also in us. That the awareness of God's presence in Christ by the spirit is one of the most foundational stones of, of the Christian walk. Because of the Holy Spirit, God, I don't care what you're going through in life, I don't care how hard it is, how how hard the struggle is, I don't care how dark it might seem. Because, of what Christ, because Christ on the cross was forsaken by the Father, that we ourselves would never be forsaken by Him, we can say that the Bible says that He has promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. Right. That the greatest blessing of the Christian walk is the presence of God in our souls. I know that many of us, we're, 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 we're going through difficult, difficult things. But you have God himself. He's with you. And the person of the Holy Spirit, and I don't care what anybody tell you, he will never leave you. I know it's been difficult in, in, in life. I know that you've struggled in your marriage. You've struggled in your finances. You've struggled in your health. You struggled at, at your job. You struggle with your family. You, 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 you find yourself struggling because those who live a godly life, they will suffer about We are called to suffering, but in our suffering, we have the presence of God with us. And for any saint, that should be your greatest comfort. But in suffering, God has promised that you will never suffer alone. That is the beauty of Christianity. That's something that Buddhists and Islam can't say. that that we literally have the presence, the person of God in us, made possible by Christ's death and resurrection. That when you give your life to Jesus, when you throw yourself on the life and mercy of Christ, he, you then become a born-again Christian. He gives you the Holy Spirit He seals you with him. He now dwells in you. And now each day you can ask him to fill you up that he might control you, control your word, actions, and deeds. The Holy Spirit is, in the Bible, our helper, our our comforter, our advocate, and he is also with us until Christ returns. The meat of this song is that God is with us and you can't sin out of his presence there's not like a seep too too deep that God says uh oh I'm out of here no no he in that moment he convicts you allows you to see the, the beauty and glory of Jesus and you re- repent to God towards Christ. Now you l- live your life for him fully by the power and presence of the spirit. So God, we thank you, thank you. that we do have this, 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 this great truth that you, that you lead us along the right paths, that you guide us, that you have our well-being at stake. And yet God, the greatest truth, God, is that you lead us to Christ. That, that the shepherd leads us to himself. That's, 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 that's good news. That you've saved us to be conformed, to, make, to be made like Christ himself. And you've made that possible through the gospel and through the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. So, Father God, for that, we, God we do thank you. And as David says here, that, that the rod and staff, how they comforted him. God, we, again, we, we, have, we have, if Christ is this to us, that we have the spirit and the gospel to always comfort us. God, will we, God be found in that, God, for your praise and for your glory. We love you. And God, we thank you. We ask it all in your son's name. Amen.